Today's podcast is sponsored by Builder Prime, an all-in-one CRM estimating and production management system built for all kinds of specialty contractors and painters in particular. Builder Prime helps you stay on top of all of your leads, sales, and jobs from one place so you don't have to copy data around from one system to the next. Not only that, Builder Prime helps you automate your workflow, communications, and scheduling to ensure nothing ever slips through the cracks. You have accurate numbers for close rates, NSLI, sales, profitability, customer acquisition costs, and more right at your fingertips without all that constant data cleanup work. This is the tool that will actually save you time. It's the tool that will help you close more sales. Builder Prime is the tool that will help you grow. Ditch those clunky and outdated spreadsheets and see why Builder Prime is the right tool to help you grow your painting business. Schedule your free one-on-one demo or get started right away with a free trial at BuilderPrime.com. Welcome to Paint Radio with your hosts, Emily Howard and Andrew Dwyer. What's up, universe? Everybody out there, including those recently acknowledged but still unidentified flying objects, this is Paint Radio. I'm Andrew. Emily, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Guess what I smelled on my bike ride today, Emily. What? I smelled freshly mown or mowed grass. Mown. Is it (laughs) freshly mown grass? (laughs) And I... I know it's sort of become a cliche that everybody says, but what a great smell that is, the best smell of summer. But, man, I will buy into that cliche because I don't think there's anything better. It just it brings me back to childhood and footloose and fancy free and kickball and Capri Suns, and nothing's better than kickball and Capri Suns. <laughs> That's true. That right? is very true. <laughs> what is your favorite summer smell other than Axe Body Spray? Today's Paint Radio brought to you by Axe Body Spray. <laughs> I mean, you did grow up on a horse farm. (laughs) Which (laughs) makes for not the most pleasant summer smells, in all honesty. (laughs) The bar is very low. It is. It is. No, I like the smell of barbecues. (sighs) Why are we doing a podcast? We should be out in the grass barbecuing. (laughs) I'm kidding. There's nothing better than paint radio. I love it. And today we're talking about a classic, all-star, all-time topic, and that is how to charge more, how to charge better, how to focus on the right client, understanding what it is you have to offer, all of those wonderful things. And of course, no one does her job better than Emily Howard finding the single greatest guests in the industry of painting, Carl Utter. He's president of Contractor Growth Strategy. Check him out, contractorgrowthstrategy.com. Carl, answer the question, what is your favorite summer smell? Honeysuckle. Oh, that's a good one. Honeysuckle. Yeah, you just walk by it and it just stops you dead in your tracks. You go, (gasps) I love that smell. It's right up there with barbecue. (laughs) Carl nailing it right out of the chute. Excellent work, Carl. As we get started, for those listeners who are not familiar with you and contractor growth strategy, talk a bit about your philosophy, what it is you do. I did notice on LinkedIn. I checked out your LinkedIn page. And on your LinkedIn page, it says, if you are a small business owner who is the top sales producer and you don't want to be the top sales producer, we can help with that. 
I love that. Let's dive deeper. Tell the listeners a bit about what it is you do. Yeah. So thanks for asking. <laughs> so what I do, you know, I'm so used to getting other people to talk about what they do. that it's always hard when it's my <laughs> turn to talk about what I do. But for the last 25 years or so, I've been helping painting contractors sell their services for higher prices. I work with painting contractors who really want to be the go-to contractor in their marketplace, who want to get paid a premium price for offering premium services. We primarily do that through our sales training program, which is called Client-Centric Selling. And I get to work with some of the most amazing human beings on the planet. I have fallen in love with painting contractors. They are a breed unto themselves, and they are so much fun to work with. They show up. They want to learn. They want to get better, and they're willing to put the work in to get good at selling. So it's a great place for me to spend my time. Tell us a little bit about, because what we're talking about here is raising prices. Um, I think everybody's finding themselves backlogged at this moment. There's a lot of business to be had out there. Of course, labor prices are going up. Paint prices are going up. It's a good time for everyone to take a look at their pricing structure. So I'm curious, why do you think painting contractors are so afraid of being the highest bid? My belief is that we tend to reflect onto the world what the world reflects upon us. And in fact, I was having this conversation with a colleague of mine that works in the remodeling industry with uh, kitchen bath remodelers and stuff. And, you know, we were talking about that. And, you know, the thing is, I know I can't put in a kitchen. I know I can't wire my electronics. I know I can't be a plumber. I can't build my addition. I can't do those things, right? But I know I can slap paint on a wall. And believe me, I know that that's not painting. So I think there's a misunderstanding and a disconnect between the consumer and the contractor in terms of the value. So I think painters are afraid afraid to charge because they don't think the marketplace is going to respond accordingly. And that's really where the sales training comes in, because what the sales training does, Emily, is it helps them develop a systematic way of letting the customer find out for themselves. But what they really want most fits exactly what this painting contractor does best. And once they know how to do that, they're able to sell at 30, 40, 50 percent higher than the competition simply by being better prepared for having that conversation with the customer. I have a, a local painter. He's not a client. He's a friend. And, you know, I've referred him to my stepdaughter. I've referred him to friends before. And he's like 45 bucks an hour. And yet I have a client up the road who's charging 65 an hour. I go, John, you're not charging anywhere near as what you could be. You could raise your prices 10% and it wouldn't even impact your close rate at all. You're leaving money on, on the street. Why don't you raise your prices? Well, I'm thinking about it. I go, well, what's stopping you? He goes, well, you know, I, I like people. I like, the, I like them to feel like I'm giving them a good deal. I go, do you think they'll stop buying from you if you raise your prices? He goes, well, you know, I'm kind of worried about that. I go, well, then raise your prices and find out. <laughs> You know, you'll never know, right? What is fear? False evidence appears real. And it's true. And it's something, as we talk about 
We're not really talking about what your prices should be in this podcast or how you should be pricing your jobs. But I will say, and we've talked about this in the magazine and in multiple other articles, you should know your numbers. You should know what your labor rate is. You should know what your production rate is. You should know what you want your margin to be. Every year, you should be doing a budget and tracking yourself against that budget. Because the thing is, is that if you are giving everyone a deal, probably your employees are not getting a deal. And I think that's where we found ourselves right now is that employees who are coming in and they're expecting higher wages. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about bonuses. We've talked about benefits, all of those things. And if you're not charging, you can't offer those things. And that means hiring, obviously, is going to get much more challenging. The people who offer the highest wages are going to be the ones who get the good employees. And so if you want to be a company that has the good employees and offers the great work, you have to charge for that. And you said something really, really profound is what's happening in the industry has been happening now for 10 years. This is according to the Department of Labor for every five people that have left the trades. This is all trades, not just painting for every five people that have left the trades. Only one has come back in. So we've had a decade now of talent being drained away from the trades, right? The contractor of the future is going to have to change radically two things, Emily. Number one is they're going to have to become not a painting company, but a training company. And number two is they're going to have to market harder for employees than they do for customers. So that's a huge, huge mind shift that I would say 90% of the painters out there are just not prepared for what's coming down the pike and you, you're, you're right. You're going to have to raise your prices because if you want to keep people, I've got a great client and I love him. I love his business. He does a good job. But right now his business is in trouble because he's losing his key people. And when they're walking out the door, they're walking out the door to go become a competitor and they're taking good people with them. And it takes him two years to train somebody up. And they walk out the door. So the whole profit model is going to be flipped on its ears going forward. Yeah. And if if your attitude is that this is ridiculous, kids these days, this generation, you can die on the moral high ground or you can react and adjust to reality and save your business. I see you talk a lot about what you call the gap formula. Mm -hmm. What is that? Well, the gap formula is what we do is when we first meet with a contractor, what we do is it's really simple. We sit down and we find out where they are, right? What's their starting point and where do they want to go? And from there, what we do is we create a map. And you can't get from point A to point B if you don't know where point A is. So what we do is we establish where point A is. Where are they now? Where are they in terms of revenue? Where are they in terms of what marketing assets do they have in place? How much of a sales process do they have in place? So we take a look at where they are. I call that current reality. And then we take a look at what their vision is. So what we talk about is the gap and what's it going to take to close the gap between where they are and where they want to be in three to five years. Okay, so let's say that a contractor is maybe they're sitting at like 400,000 in sales a year and they they're looking to bump that up to 750 in three to five years. Obviously, a portion of that is going to be increasing the amount of work you're doing, which is going to require more hiring, more scheduling, etc. But a portion of that is going to come from increasing prices. 
Can we talk about what the first things you need to be tracking to determine if you might already have some wiggle room in your pricing? We need to know how many sales is that? Well, we really won't know that till we know what your average sale is. And by the way, here's a nugget. Every painter will tell me they don't have an average sale. Okay, And I'm going to tell you that's mathematically impossible. Every job may be different, but you simply take the number of jobs you do and you divide it by the revenue. And that's your average sale. Now, I will say this. Commercial and residential is different. Your averages will be different. Generally, commercial jobs will tend to be a lot higher, like commercial stuff. Also, interior and exterior. Right now, I think the average exterior is somewhere between $8,500 and $10,000. And the average interior is quite a bit less. So when they do their average, should it typically separate out your interior versus your exteriors, residential versus commercial, and have, you know maybe two or three different averages based on yeah. the, the types of services you offer? Yep. I think you should have what your average exterior is and your average interior is, and okay. that should be tracked annually every year. Also, how many proposals are you putting out, right? How many quotes, mm-hmm. how many estimates are you putting out? What percent of those estimates close? And that needs to be done two ways. We need to do that in units. In other words, I did 10 estimates. I got five jobs. Well, therefore, you have a 50% close rate. But also dollars. What percent of the dollars are you quoting? Are you closing? I had a group today and one of the problems was that this contractor has an estimator that's closing 75 percent of his estimates under thirty five hundred. And he's only closing 30 percent of his estimates over eighty five hundred dollars. So right there, we know that that estimator has what we call a low money ceiling. In other words, he's very good at closing small dollar deals, but he's choking, quite frankly, on the larger dollar deals. So once you have this information, so you've got the average price, you've got the number of leads that are coming in, you've got what your close ratio is, not just on the number of estimates that you're closing, but the total dollar of estimates that you're closing. And then do you look at those four and have a goal for each? Absolutely. So once we know where you want to go, we start setting goals. Because one of the things is, let's say you're priced right in the middle of the pack. I had a client tell us about a success story. She just closed a sale. She was 10500 Her nearest competitor was 8800 And Chuck in a truck, except it wasn't a truck. I was told it was a station wagon with a ladder on it. And uh, But Chuck in a truck was at 5500 A year ago, she never would have closed that sale. So we want to be looking at how they progress with that. And so, you know, I may have an owner and I may say, let's keep you at $50 a man hour until you get to the point where you're closing 40 to 50% of those estimates. As soon as you start getting 45 and above, let's raise that by 5%. And let's keep raising that and let's watch what happens to your close rate. Once your close rate starts going down, now we know we've kind of bumped up against your limitations. And now we've got to work on helping you be able to get to that next level. Very few painters can go from 40 to 65 or $70 a man hour without experiencing a significant drop in their close rate. So what we want to do is we want to give them 
the tools, the skills, the systems, the training, the messaging to help them progress up that so that they can start to raise their prices. But we don't want to do it in a way that's going to create economic blowback on them either, right? They've got people to pay. They've got materials to pay for. So we want them to raise their prices, but we want them to do it systematically and incrementally so that we don't blow them out of their comfort zone all at once. So I could I could look at this as sort of a quantitative process and then the qualitative process. Quantitative exactly. process being, let's look at your numbers. Let's see where you want to be. How do we get there? This is step by step. When you get to 45 percent, do this. When you get to 50 percent, do that. And now, as you're saying, once you've done that, the quantitative aspect, now we're going to head on to the qualitative, which is all about crafting the message, convincing the customer that you're worth what you say you are. So how do you coach contractors in that aspect of communicating their value to the client? And I guess a big part of that, and this might be part two, making sure you're talking to the right client in the first place. Well, that's right. And, you know, I really believe that you can't sell anybody anything. I don't believe in traditional selling. Never have, probably never will. Nobody wants to be sold. I mean, you don't want to be sold. I don't want to be sold. The customer doesn't want to be sold. But what we have to do is we can influence a buyer. I can't sell you. I can influence you. I can use my communication skills to influence you. The other thing I can do is help you discover through the use of questions in order to figure out if what this customer wants most, does it fit what I do best as a contractor? Because what every customer has, whether they realize it or not, is they have buying criteria. What is that criteria? And all contractors are typically not very good at this in the beginning. And one of the things we go out and do is we'll go out and when we start helping them with their messaging, Andrews, we'll go out and we'll interview their customers. I'll interview 10, 12 customers and I'll ask the painter, you know, what do you do well? What what makes you good at what you do? And why should somebody pay you more? And they'll give me a list of things. They use the best paints. They have 15 years experience. They're a family run business. They have their laundry list of things they're out there selling. When we ask the customer what they want most, it's a total mismatch. The customer is going to tell us things very simply like, I want somebody that's going to communicate with me. I want somebody that's going to do the work when they say they're going to do the work. And if there's any interruption in the work, I want to be communicated with. I want somebody that's going to clean up after themselves. And I want somebody that's going to do what they promised to do and not cut corners. So contractors oftentimes have no clue what the customer is really buying. Do you interview three or four? Do you interview five or six? How do you start to draw out from your current customers what it is that you do best? Yeah, that's a great question, Emily. And that's exactly what you do. I think by the time you've gotten through about eight of these, you're going to start to see some themes develop. Generally, you're going to see themes like, I really like the people who were on my property doing the job. I really like the people that work for this company. They were very nice. They made me feel safe. Owner or the salesperson came by and checked up on the work and made sure we were happy every step of the way. When you close a job and you're a higher price and you ask them why they're going with you. And what we hear over and over and over again is, 
you took so much time asking such good questions that we felt you really had the details under control. Nobody else seemed to care enough to ask the questions that you asked. The other place to answer your question directly, I mean, the other place is go look at your reviews. Even if you don't want to take the time to interview your customers, just go look at your reviews. They'll tell you everything you need to know, and you'll start to see a theme develop. Your customers will tell you exactly what you need to know to sell them if you just ask the right questions and listen to the answers. It's really that simple and that profound sometimes. When do you do your prerequisites? call. What's your advice there? So that's a great question. And, and by the way, Emily, I have a free gift for anyone that wants it, which is my checklist. And part of the, pre, I call it the pre-sale checklist is how to properly schedule an estimate. I believe whenever possible, a live person should answer the phone. I really think that these calls need to be screened, especially if you get bigger. You need to determine, you know, part of the process, you need to determine what they need done, when they need it done, and you need to make sure that it's in your service area. Other thing is if somebody's getting, tells you they're going to get five, six, seven estimates, you know, that's crazy. Who wants to get that many estimates? You know, why? They're shopping for price. (laughs) Yeah, you can understand that people are probably not going to give the job to the first guy in the door because they have nothing to compare it to, right? They don't know if this is good, bad, or indifferent. I don't know if you're good, better, or best, or bad for all I know, right? I like you. I trust you. I think you're good, but I have nothing to compare it to. So that's fine. I understand that. But there are times where it's just not a fit. As the soup Nazi would say, no quote for you. Uh, Let's go into more detail about that. What you need to tell them is you need to be up front and not hide from it. Say, look, you know, I have to be up front with you. You know, one of the things you're telling me is that you want to get a good job, but you want to get it done as economically as possible. And I want you to know I understand that. But here's the problem. That's not going to be us. That's not who we are. Quite honestly, I'm probably going to be the highest price you're going to see. However, you know, my recommendation is if you don't find what you're looking for in these other painters, give me a call back. I'll shoot you a verbal number. If you like it, we can write it up. And if not, then at least you'll have an idea. So, you know, what we recommend, too, is and if they push you for a number and some people will, especially if you're advertising free quotes, free estimates. Right. If you're advertising that, then you got to honor it. That's the problem. We tell people, look, I'd be more than happy to give you a verbal number. You know, I'm not going to write up the estimate because I don't think it's going to be for you. If you don't find what you're looking for in these other estimates, let me know. And if you want, you know, this is our number. I'd be more than happy to write it up if you think you want to go with us. But, you know, here's the number. Carl, love this content. So glad that we got you on the paint radio. By the way, I do have a free checklist that has all this information on it. It's uh, contractorgrowthstrategy.com backslash paint radio checklist. Dang, I love it. We love checklists. Emily sends me a checklist every week. I look at it like once a quarter. Carl, (laughs) (laughs) thanks for coming on. Really great stuff. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a painting contractor. Our world needs you and your work. Keep doing a great job. Check out more resources, paintmag.com. Have a great day.